Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. And here he is alongside me, Pat Smullen. We were looking back at those. I just said to you, I packed, I packed the Grey Gatsby that day, Pat. How could you do that? And he got a troubled passage, but you just said to me that was your best ride ever, you think? Uh, probably one of my better days, yeah. Um, there was going no pace that day, and we were sitting back a little bit and moved up into a good position, and just was the right place at the right time. How does it feel now, you, you looking back at, at those wins, those memories, because we, we, we speak to, to ex-jockeys who have been forced sometimes to, to quit um, not necessarily on their own terms and in their own time. And actually, I think some find it harder to almost watch back those those memories because you you feel that there's still a sense of, of what might have been. How's it for you watching them? Yeah, back? no, no, I must I take pleasure in watching them back, to be honest with you. Um, I suppose what's after happening to me, you know, if it was injury or, you know, or you just went out of favour and your, your career had come to an end, uh, it, might be, it might be more difficult to take. But for me, uh, you know, it, it was... Uh, for me, it's just reality that you know I'm very lucky to be where I am at the moment, and uh, and I'm very thankful for that. So uh, while it was a great career, I know it's over, and and it's a time of moving on. But uh, no, I look back with great fondness, looking at those great great days. I said the last 15 months would have taken some getting used to. It's been, I would imagine, a whirlwind for you since you were diagnosed with with cancer of the pancreas, where you immediately, of course, had to stop writing and uh, went. Uh, with your family into a, an altogether very different battle. How difficult is it for you, or easy for you, to, to sum up what you and, and, and your family and the team behind you have been through over the last 15 or so months? It's quite easy, really, to sum it up. I mean, it was uh, obviously very, very unfortunate what happened and, and devastating for us all at the time, but uh, but it's a, it's a case of getting on with it then immediately. You know, uh, you know while I said uh, racing was everything for me, Prior to getting uh, getting sick, and uh, you know, my whole life revolved around racing, and uh, our, our lives revolved around racing. But uh, that quickly changed when uh, something as serious as this happens to you, and uh, it was a case of. Uh, my, the, the, the illness took over our lives and that we had to just get stuck in and try and deal with it and uh, and it was all consuming really because uh, with treatment and then you know preparing for surgery and getting through it so I mean, you know well you might think that it'll be devastating but your mind is active you're all the time trying to just get through this and meet the next goal and uh, so the time actually went reasonably quickly for me but uh, as I said, until I had the surgery, then things slowed down a little bit. The recovery was quite difficult. But uh, but when you're in the middle of it, it's a case of getting on with it. And uh, I suppose that was the same as what I was when I was riding. It just was a case of getting on with it. Did you have any idea before that initial diagnosis that 
that something was seriously wrong? Were you open to the possibility of, of, uh, of your mortality and something being seriously wrong? Not really, no, to be honest. Uh, you know, I knew there was something serious as, as it went on. You know, from the middle of the previous season, you know, I was getting back pain and I was full sure it was after pulling a muscle or I was thinking back, did I get a fall or a wrench it or whatever? And I was getting a lot of physiotherapy, as you would anyway. You know, I would get physiotherapy regularly. And uh, but the pain wasn't going away, and if anything, it was getting worse. And I got through the season and went on holiday, and <clears throat> I was hoping that it would disappear with a bit of time and rest. But uh, while I was on holiday, I was getting physiotherapy, getting massages because of the pain was getting increasing all the time. And you know, I, I had some blood tests, and which I regularly do, and uh, you know, well, nothing was showing. But uh, eventually, then uh, when I came back and was getting prepared for the for the upcoming season. Uh, it, this, I just knew that this is not right, and mm. uh, I went to a great uh, Dr. Adrian McGoldrick, who is obviously uh, we all know how great a man he is, and uh, you know he he realised it was something a little bit more serious, and, uh, and and then obviously sent me on for the test. But then when I went and had the tests, I knew straight away that was, this was something very very serious. Do you think being a jockey and and, and that's a career I think we associate with? With pretty hard men, be it flat or jumps, what you put yourself through day in, day out, I think we'd associate many with having a higher pain threshold than most. I mean, in some ways, did, does that mean that you, you weren't aware of what was going on as soon as you may have been because of what you do, and therefore you, you kept on thinking, well, you know, look, it, it can't be that bad, or it's, it's a bit of pain, I'll deal with it, if you like. Yeah, I suppose you could say a little bit of ignorance. Uh, you know, you just sort of again. I keep going back to you know, and it is the mindset of a jockey is just you know just keep going and get on with it. And uh, you know, the thoughts of missing a day or being out with injury, you know, you just don't envisage that, and you just don't allow yourself to think that. So yeah, I mean, I was kept pushing on, and uh, but you know, realistically, I probably should have went and got myself checked sooner and uh, in knowing that it was a probably a little bit more serious than, than a, a pull muscle. But uh, I think that's the mentality of riders is that you just keep going and, until you have to stop. And uh, uh, and I suppose it is a tough it is a tough game and you have to be a t- tough skin to to, to uh, succeed as a rider and uh, especially at a, at a higher level, which I'd like to think I was at for, for a, a number of years of my career. And... Uh, you know that when you get up there, that the you know the pressures of riding for a big stable and uh, big owners and on big days, you know you have to be mentally strong, and uh, so you know that that's the way I, I approached. You know, thankfully that mindset, I was able to bring that to to getting through the the, the illness. Did you decide that pretty much straight away that? You, you hear of people being diagnosed with 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 such serious things as this, and and they say. I knew I was going to get through it. I mean, did you did you approach it like that straight away mentally? Did you tell yourself? Did you believe that this wasn't going to stop you? Very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, I just initially the shock, shock is the first uh, thing emotion you you, you uh, experience. You know, so your your mind is all over the place. But then, you know, I was very fortunate. I was in a very very good hospital with excellent staff, and I've been on record that I had a conversation with a with the head nurse in, in the on the ward, and she put my mind in the right place and how to go about this and uh, and then I had a huge support from you know obviously great family and uh, friends and, and a lot of people within the industry and uh, so you know that that was very helpful for me to get through it but uh, 
but yeah, you know, it's uh, you, you just I, I never ever felt that this was going to beat me, and uh, you know, I, with that said, I always had huge respect for what I had to go through, and you know, it was very very serious, but but I just I just wasn't ready for it to to, to beat me. I remember reading that you'd be there, you'd be undergoing your treatment, and you'd, you'd almost feel surrounded by really sick people here, almost, almost as if you weren't one of those, but of course you were. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I suppose you have to have that mindset because I, I genuinely feel that if, if you start to let it get in on top of you and start to think negative thoughts, I, I just have a feeling that the illness would, would thrive on that and, and then eventually it'll wear you down. So, uh, you know, I always went about it that you just get in, get the treatment, the treatment is going to work have the surgery while it was a very very big surgery and uh, it was a very difficult recovery I never never one day did I think oh this is getting me you know I never did and never allowed myself to think that way and uh, and uh, thankfully you know we've come out the other side or, or, or getting there anyway so um, you know so th as I said uh, thankfully that, that was the mindset that was very very much needed I think. You, you say coming out the other side so just where are you at the moment? You, you've obviously you've you've announced that you're you are no longer going to to ride. You have officially retired. That in some ways, Pat, is, is because you're healthy. Because you are at a certain weight, and, and a race riding weight wouldn't be a sensible one for you to get down to. So, no. in some sense, health wise, that is entirely good news. Oh, it's extremely good news. And it was at the at the end of the day, it was a very very easy decision for me to make. At the beginning, of, yes, of course, the, the dream and the fairy tale would be to get back to race riding and hopefully have ridden yesterday, you know what I mean? But uh, did, did you believe you, you could? Did, was that there, was, there was a thought, yeah, you know, and I, I said, you know, I could do this and, you know, I could get back to race riding and... Uh, what did the family and, say? And, uh, uh, look, Francis would always be, in, uh, with everything that I've done in, uh, over, the, over the years, look, whatever you decide to do, we're here 100% behind you, and that was brilliant, but... But I think deep down they were hoping that it wouldn't happen because, you know, going back to the lifestyle of all the wasting and sweating and, you know, the, trying to keep your, get the weight off, uh, you know, I think I'm a, a lot ha happier person now than I was when I was for the last 25 years. So uh, so I, I don't think they, both my children and, and Francis didn't want me to go back to that person. But uh, But no, as I said, but realistically... If I was to sit down and at and, and the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, it probably isn't the wisest thing in the world to, to go back. And, and one day it hit me, I was just after the surgery, you know, the, the surgeon came in with, with his team and, uh, and they were really happy with how things went. And, uh, and they, they, I was just saying to myself, how could you go back to abusing your body to get down to a way to ride horses after all the good work that they had done to, to make me better? And... That day I made the decision that I wasn't going to ride again. How different uh, a person is Pat Smullen now to, to the, the man that, that rode Harzan to both those derby victories? I think a lot, a, lot, a lot different. I think a lot more content, a lot happier with life. Um, and as I said, uh, you know, the, the simple things in life make me happy now where uh, before, you know, while you were riding, and I think it's the, I think most riders would uh, would admit this, but maybe some wouldn't. But uh, you know, you, you've never enough. You know, even if you won the Derby, it was it's all about the next day, and you know, and delivering and riding winners, and and, and you put a lot of. No, there was no pressure being put on me from 
Dermot or Ion or so. Of course, they wanted results, and there was, a, but but you put self pressure. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to achieve, and and I always felt that you know I'd never rode enough Group One winners, I never rode enough winners, and you know I, I, I was you know nine times champion jockey. All I ever wanted to do was to be ten times champion jockey to get it into double figures. That's the mindset that you had. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, but I think that I think you have to have that little bit of. Madness in you, maybe if that's the word to to keep pushing you forward, to keep achieving, and uh, but that, but as I said, now I'm very very content with life. So, watching the the derby yesterday, for example, that the, 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 you yourself were stood there a few years ago lifting that trophy, but you have such a different perspective now that can you can you enjoy racing, but also see it as. It, it's it's just the derby. For yeah. all, you had a very different perspective a few years ago. Very much so, you know, because you desperately wanted to win it. And uh, but now, you know, I must admit, I, I enjoy watching racing. I get great enjoyment out of watching racing. And uh, you know, and 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 I, as I said, probably this is probably a good thing for me. Maybe I would never have dealt with retirement as well as I am if it just came to an end. At least now, you know, I, I, you know, as I said, it puts a whole new perspective on my on on life, and uh, you know, I just have a feeling that uh, when it came to an end as a rider, uh, for whatever reason, let it be, as I said, that you know, you were just gone your sell by date, or you know, you were gone out of favour, or whatever. I, I think I mightn't have dealt with retirement as well as I am now. So you have to look for the silver lining to everything. It's just smiling and positive over something that, that that was entirely life-changing for you and your family. But a battle that, from the outset, really, I think you, Francis, and everyone dealt with head-on and with great openness as well. Did, was it a decision between all of you to say, look, let's get information out there. Let's see if, if our battle can help others as well. And the only way to do that is through openness and, and through information because from the outset that seems to be the way you approached it. Yeah, definitely. But I think first of the, the, the initial thought of our mind was obviously you're thinking of yourself. I wasn't thinking of other people at that time. But, uh, you know, I've got three young kids at home and, uh, and uh, you know, I was speaking to Dermot and obviously he had, has a big operation and, and his owners were asking as to what's the situation or what, you know. So, uh, you know, I'd, I, I didn't want to be at home trying to keep, sort of keep it a secret and then... Uh, Obviously, you'd be on the phone and you'd, you'd slip and say something, and the kids would hear, and then they'd be worrying as to. So we just got it out there, and and as I said, there's not there's no shame to it. It's unfortunate that it, 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 this is something that comes to a lot of people in stores, and uh, and and it's it's unfortunately it's it's quite quite common now, you know. But uh, but as I said, I I got it out there, got it, you know, and and as I said, put a bit of. Um, you know, openness to what was going on, and uh, I think that was fair on everybody, let it be employers or family, everyone. And uh, and it was easier to deal with then rather than trying to hide something, in my opinion. To, akin to the, the the mental health discussion we've had on this show about half an hour or so ago, that actually being able to talk about things like this for all the very different illnesses, it, it can only be a good thing. But it's that initial step to make being able to, to talk openly about it. I found it very, very helpful to speak about it, to be honest. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, if anyone came into the to the house to visit in the early stages, friends and, and you know, I, I'd bring it up and get it out there because, you know, people were a little bit afraid as to whether should we mention it or, you know. And so I, I felt it very, very helpful for me to to be open and uh, and talk about 
about it. As I said, I think bottling something like that up is not good. And uh, and as you say, going back to the to the mental health situation is as what we you know is, is obviously a big problem as well. I think being open is is everything. And uh, and uh, you know, as I said, I found it very very helpful to speak about it. I think it's an interesting point you you, you hit upon as well. People who who no matter how well they know you come come to see you when you're you're going through that perhaps almost don't know how to approach it and what to say. Would you, would, perhaps it's personal perspective, would you always, always prefer them to come and, and approach it head on and, and, and just, say, just, just say what they felt about it, if you like, rather than treading on eggshells? Around? Yeah, very much so. I didn't want people treading on eggshells. You know, but, you know, you're putting the, everyone's uncomfortable then, you know what I mean? So, no, I, I, I was very, you know, as I said, if they didn't bring it up, I brought it up immediately and got it out there because obviously that's the reason why they're there is to speak about it and, and to see how you're, you're getting on or whatever. So, uh, so no, I, I, th- I thought that was, uh, that was the way to approach it. But, um, you know, as I said, uh, it, I never wanted anyone coming to me, going through it with a negative approach to it. I thought that you know I didn't want to speak to anyone that you know had that negative thought or it was going to end badly or I was all about positivity and having positive people around me and uh, and and that was that was a big key thing for me. How much of a difference, genuinely, to your treatment and the progress that that you've made and the recovery, do you think that positivity made? I think it was everything. Yeah, obviously, I had the huge help from great medical team. Don't get me wrong, and I mean that had to go right, and they got everything right, and the surgery went well. And uh, but uh, you know, I think you have to have a very, very positive approach to it because I genuinely feel that if you brought that negative feeling or, or negative thoughts allow them into your mind, I genuinely think the disease would feed on it and and it it overcome you. So. Uh, you know that's something I feel very strongly about. How surprised were you with the the huge outpouring from the the racing world and the wider world, or was there part of you that, as a as the success you had a nine times Irish champion flat jockey, you you half expected well this is going to affect people? Or were you were you genuinely surprised? Yeah, I was genuinely surprised. I never expected anything from anybody, and or, or never did in my life. It was always a case of you know, but, but getting on and making your own. Uh, you know, that's what I always felt. But uh, I couldn't believe the out pour of goodwill from from uh, the top of big racing organisations that got in touch and if if I needed anything that they were there to help all the way down to to everybody but and but I think that just shows you know while our industry does have problems and you know we we as you discussed about funding and all sorts but this is a brilliant brilliant industry with brilliant people in it and when you are in trouble they come together and rally around you and I found that uh, firsthand and I was nothing short of, uh, as was Francis and Arif, overwhelmed by the support of that was there if needed. But uh, all I needed was the, the, the good medical people that were taking care of me and uh, and I had that and uh, and the rest you have to get on with yourself. No, no one can do anything for you other than, uh, you know, uh, be there and supportive and, and I had that tenfold and I think part of that that outpouring and appreciation for uh, for what you were going through was part of the gift that you gave through your career to, to people in the brilliant winners that that you rode and the success you had and I'm sure people in turn wanting to thank you for that when you announced your official retirement from the saddle is there one moment that that you wouldn't trade in from your your brilliant career that you look back and say 
that one, that one stays. If I had to give any up, that, that would not be it. Uh, look, it's just to state the obvious. Obviously, you know, winning the derby was, was uh, you know, uh, it's an, an you know, the old saying that it's a childhood dream, but it actually is because uh, when you set out as an apprentice, you watch, you know, the, the derby and while winning your, your own derby at the Coral was very, very special and to do it twice, but uh, to win the Epsom Derby is the is the defining moment of a rider, in my opinion. And uh, it came at the really right time in my life, in that I was desperately wanted to win it, and I appreciated every minute of it. And more importantly, the three kids were old enough to 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 remember it and appreciate it. So it, that was an amazing day. And doing it for that man, it made it all the all the more special. And to give him his first derby as well, which was very very special. And uh, uh, obviously, His Highness had 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 experienced the the thrill of winning that race a few times before that. But uh, but for myself and Dermot, it was a very very special day. And uh, and a day, as I said, both of us will always remember. Even last night, he was saying to me, reminiscing about it and how great a day it was. So uh, it was I was very very fortunate to to win the world's greatest race in my opinion and I think it's one of my favourite celebrations to see because it has everything it has the, the the joy the fist pump and it has that little moment of hand on head I can't almost disbelief but, but, from a man that's ridden the, 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 the success that you've already had in, in classics between Britain and Ireland but there is still that disbelief, even later on in your career, that you have ridden the, ridden the derby winner. I, I never, I never experienced the feeling of winning another race that I have experienced winning that race when I went by the line. I literally couldn't believe that we're after winning the Epsom Derby, and that's what it means to a rider. Uh, you know, it was just, uh, and I think it's, I think it's important that a rider shows the emotion, like because whether you're ice cold or, or. or uh, or like Frankie, you know, I, you know, I think it's important that you show to the general public and to the people that you're working for, and the, you know, everybody that's involved with the horse, like how much enjoyment you got and how important that race is. And now that it's after the event, you can tell us all about the events leading up to it, Pat, and how close this horse was not to running, because genuinely there was a chance this horse wasn't even going to line up. Uh, I, I like, I was sitting in the wear room. I'd no ride before the race, and I was in my suit and. Chris Maud is my valet, and uh, I, I didn't even change. I said, this horse not going to run, you know. And uh, so we were sitting, waiting, and I was actually looked at getting an earlier flight back. I said, I'm not going to stay here and watch the derby while I'm not taking part. I was heading for home. and uh, But then, uh, thankfully, uh, I got a call in the wear room from, from the boss to say that it's going ahead, you know, the horse is fine, and they got the shoe back on and everything going ahead. And uh, so Chris Maud actually said to me, You'll win the derby. You see, he just he said, "This is this the story of this," uh, and I sure I, it went over my head, but I remember it now. But uh, got changed, uh, weighed out, and then in the paddock, the the boss said, well, "His Highness was there." You know, you know, it's your call now. If 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 you feel at the start that he's not right, take him out. And they had spoken to the stewards and this vet, everybody. So uh, so had you cantered down and, and he not felt right, that you would have pulled the plug and quite happily said, look, we're not going to run. Definitely. But the whole way on, on the way down, are you, are you looking for something? Are you thinking, does he feel right? Is there anything wrong here? Two strides into his canter and you were running. <laughs> he, he floated to the start. He was absolutely on springs. and uh, But that's what he was and is an extremely well-balanced horse. And uh, 
obviously winning the race is obviously the, the best ride you ever got around there. But he literally was the best ride I've ever had around Epsom in that, you know, I'd never felt the undulations. He came down Tottenham Corner extremely well. But that's the difference of being a very good, well-balanced horse and not being. Uh, we saw in the, the the intro to you, we saw Refuse to Bend, which came a, a little bit earlier, of course, in your career. How different a feeling, and I know you've talked about the difference between the races as well, but how different a feeling given where you were in your career between the two of those victories? Uh, I think at, at, at the age I was winning the derby, I, I, I think you have more appreciation of what actually is after happening. Uh, I was younger, obviously, when... when uh, when refused to bend one, but obviously I knew the enormity of it too because uh, you were making a you know a potential stallion as well, and and it was for uh, our main owners in in my Glairstud who have been. Uh, extremely supportive of me, Mr. Hafner, uh, who owned it, uh, refused to bend and, and the farm, and then inherited by his his daughter Eva Eva now, and uh, and they are been hugely supportive people to me all through my career, and especially Eva in the last fifteen months has been a huge. Uh, a supporter of mine and, and great, uh, you know, just just a great person, and, and has helped us uh, as a family so much. And uh, and uh, I'll never be able to repay the Hafner family for the for the leg up they've given me in my career. And that's, just just talking to you now, it seems that what's happened recently has perhaps almost allowed you to piece everything together. And going going way back to there to, to that Newmarket success, for example. But but talking about people who were around you there still around you in that very different capacity when you're fighting your, your, your health battle and perhaps allows you to reflect and, 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 and thank them in a very different way. Yeah, you know, the, for, uh, all the owners of, of from Dermot's Yard, you know, they, they were very, very supportive, kept in contact with me and, and again offered any support that they possibly could. But equally, Tom, I think down, uh, you know, people that I that owned at one horse that I won on got in contact down, and it could have been a number of years ago. And uh, But I, I, that gives me great uh, satisfaction that I... I I'd like to think that I conducted myself well throughout my career, treated people with respect, whether it was uh, the person that owned a huge breeding operation and had hundreds of horses in training to a, a, a syndicate member that had uh, a leg in, in a horse and uh, you know I think that was very very important and uh, and I you know and I, I'd like to think that I treated everybody the same and with respect and I think that came back to me in my time of need when when uh, when we were going through a tough time with the illness that uh, a lot of people Got, got in contact and, uh, and I think that was because as I said I like to think I conducted myself well throughout my career When was the first time you you sat, you've, you've got back on a horse now Yeah When was the first time you got back on uh, About two weeks ago uh, so back and riding out for, uh, at Dermot's yard and uh, and that has given me great great satisfaction because uh, not alone just physically to do it and be able to feel that you're able to do it again um, but just, just the, the fun of being in the yard and riding out with, with, with the lads and, uh, and I've always felt that I've had a very, very good relationship with the staff and, um, and, and I have had and uh, it was just good fun to be back in there amongst them again and, and, but now I'm only a number I'm, I'm, I no longer have a purpose I'm just, uh, just riding out I would suggest that your opinion may be valued over others given <laughs> what you, you've done in your career and the horses you sat on before but what, was there any emotion that 
any emotion different to normal when you did get back on that first horse that you that sense of achievement wasn't lost on you that for all you weren't back race riding you were back sitting on a horse with what you'd done all your life yeah for personally it gave me great satisfaction because uh through those tough weeks that we were in hospital after the surgery i mean uh when when you're struggling to get out when well, couldn't even get out of the bed to go to the bathroom or you, you know if you I, I remember one day my nose was itchy and i, I physically hadn't got the strength to lift my hand up to scratch my nose and to think that that was late October to uh, to, to the middle of May getting back on a horse and riding out uh, you know I, t- I think that gave me great satisfaction that we come a long way in a short time so um, yeah uh, I suppose like everything else Tom you know apply a little bit of ignorance and just keep pushing forward and uh, and I think a little bit of ignorance uh, helped me get through a lot of tough 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 times and you did you did actually say quite openly you weren't that worried about researching this or anything to do it you were just looking forward you didn't need to know the ins and outs of what was going on it was I'm gonna I'm gonna overcome it and that's what's gonna happen exactly but again that was down to the advice of 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 that nurse uh, D and it was D uh, wasn't it D yeah uh, in in uh, in Vincent's uh, she told me not to research don't read up on it uh, we're a lot you know when you go to Dr Google and uh, yeah she says we're a lot further on than what that will tell you and uh, and she was right and uh, and personally uh, you know that'll be my advice to anyone in the same situation is you know the professionals know what they're doing. You just do what you're told and you don't need to be filling your mind with, with all this other uh, information that could be God, which might not be accurate. And, and what is your now uh, approach to, to post-recovery and, and the future? Well, just getting on with it, to be totally honest, Tom. You know, I, I have to go back you know, on Wednesday, uh, you know, for checkups regularly every two weeks for the first uh, for the first while, just to make sure that everything's going the right way. And I, I'm sure they'll push it out a little bit, I think, to monthly and then Hopefully that will go further on. Um, so it's pretty much a case of getting on and living your life now. And uh, as I said, uh, it's something I have to live with that because, you know, there is a, there is a high percent, per, percentage of return with, with what I have and I've had. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, you can't let that rule your life. You ha- I have to just get on. And, and I live every day as it comes. And, uh, and, and I'm very positive about the future and just, just keep pushing on and getting on with it. And, uh, and that's the way I'm going to approach it. And, uh, because, again, I think if you start thinking, oh, if it came back, or you know, you can't live your life like that. So we just have to keep going and hope to God that it doesn't. And in, in, as you've said now, you're, you, you feel a, a happier man. You've, all those past glories that we've looked back upon, and yet your life satisfaction is higher now than it was back then. Very much so, yeah, no question. It's, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm very, very happy with where I am, and, uh, and, and it's great to be back doing a little bit of work. And, uh, and, and as I said, uh, I'm very, uh, the, the little things in life make me happy now as opposed to uh, wanting to win derbies. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai.